friends! Welcome to episode 137 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. I'm Rob. Are you going to be okay, Rob? I'm literally running at about 20%, but I'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, so Rob got his booster jab today. Yeah. I, uh, no, yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday, yesterday in the afternoon. Just, uh, uh. yeah. It's, it's been a it's been a rough roller coaster since yesterday. There has been wailing and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, it's, and... I'm just sore. I'm tired. I I. I but price to pay for yes uh, for for keep, survivability, keep, 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 keeping yourself and everyone around you safe. So yeah, yeah. So um, so go go get your boosters. Despite how much I don't feel right. I, I'm not sick. I just don't feel right. Yeah, I got a I got I got a week of vacation coming up between Christmas and New Year, and I think I got to schedule mine for there. So, yeah, I'd shoot for the end. Yeah, <laughs> or, or or very early on. Yeah, yeah, very early on because yeah. uh, at the end of that week, I've got my game for the first time in like three or four months or however long yeah. it's been. Yeah, and I got mine. Um, so we're packing a lot in. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are. Well, we yeah. got some we got some vacation time. No, it's and, worth it. Know. It's worth it. So, I'm really looking forward to that. Speaking of downtime, speaking of downtime, oh, nice segue. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Actually, before we get into it, I did want to say something that's totally not even on our show sheet. Apparently, there are some heavy storms going across the country right now, across oh, the United goodness. States. Yeah, I know. Uh, um, Kentucky just got uh, pretty heavy. Uh, Iowa uh, and north and south of it are, are basically there's a band of high speed. Uh, winds and rain and storm that's cutting across them. So mm-hmm. if you're within the belt of our listeners and are having trouble, remember this is recorded, but we also wish you stay safe. Don't don't, don't have your phone out and trying to get signal for our show. Go go somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> love love you guys and stay safe, please. Yes, please, please, please. So um, beyond that, I, I don't have much of a mind for anything else, and we can get right into this because – it, like building the show sheet was a challenge. Like I wanted to think, I really did. I wanted to think about this. I wanted to come up with things, and I, I think I found some unique thoughts in there. But my God, was it hard for me? Yeah, no. L- luckily, this is one I had. I had a few opinions on. So yes, I, uh, so that was really good. Was so, good, so, so, and I know we kind of went back and forth a little bit on this, especially with, um, about different systems and how they implement it. And I think that's one of the things that I really kind of like about downtime is that it's evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's one of the things that's kind of helped evolve role-playing f- in tabletop role-playing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so uh, let's, let's begin, you know, as, as, as we always do, by talking about, you know, what, what is the definition of the thing that we're talking about? So yes. we say downtime, I think everybody kind of knows what it is, but just to make sure. Um, so downtime is basically the time that you're spending not adventuring. Um, doesn't mean you're necessarily doing nothing though. Um, your typical downtime is for like personal advancement, not group advancement. So you might meet with a contact or something like that. You might brew some potions if you've got that ability, um, healing injuries, tinkering with an invention. Um, travel time can also sometimes be, you know, constitute downtime. Um, but these are pretty classic definitions of it. Yeah. Um, as you know, but as you start to grow into other games, it's it's more about t- stepping away from the DM's plot and stepping away from the DM pouring the narrative out and letting the players take a moment for that narrative. Yeah, and I, and think, I think yeah, yeah, that, that's probably that's probably the best thing I, I like about them is yeah. that it's a it's a moment where the DM tends to put more control of the narrative into the hands of the players. Exactly, and in all honesty, I'm going to say this. It's a good thing, storytellers. Let this happen. You you still get to be part of it. And for those out there who need to have, you know, the the chain on their players because they're going to do something ridiculous if you give them an inch, you know, this is the part where the role playing comes out. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got to let these things happen. I mean, if we if we examine um, the history on it and, and the way D&D's gone through it, it's always stayed the same with D&D. Like nothing's really changed there. It's been it's always been a mathematical way to go through your downtime. Is uh see see I, I actually didn't I didn't play much of like second edition or anything like that. Is there I it's mean, still as math it was more mathematical. It was even more mathematical. Okay. Yeah. Now but they, but they did have rules for it though. Yeah. Okay. I I just thought it was funny that the one time that I looked for uh went looking for a long rest mm-hmm. or things going in between, there was almost a hundred entries in the book for the word long rest before you got to its definition. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. And then when you get to the definition, the definition is very small. It is very, very simple. Um, and I'll, I'll get around to that a little later, but I just, I, I always find that that's interesting to note that when you look at a tactical game, 
every, even the downtime is tactical. Right, right, right. You know, right. it's planning at its finest. Um, what, how does it get complicated, though? Okay, so uh, a few a few complications that, that immediately crop up with something like downtime um, is that, uh, so first off, it can be very personal. Yeah. Um, oh, very much so. Because you're you're kind of going around the table like, okay, Rob, what is what is Theodane doing right now that we've got like two weeks where you're not adventuring, you right. know? Um, and so it can really start to feel like RP for one as you go around the table. If you're in one of those groups where people get easily distracted and fidgety if the spotlight isn't immediately on them. Yeah. Um, and so. I would say, you know, it's it's probably still a good time to allow other people to get involved. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, especially if 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 you're still physically in the same location, you know. Yeah. Like in my in my campaign, you were in the city of Anvil, which is kind of where you're based out of. Right. That's that's your that's your home base. And so like, okay, what what are you guys doing? Well, I was going to go here. Oh, I was also going to go here. Can I join you? Yeah, cool. All right. That's a downtime activity. Now mm-hmm. you're kind of hitting two, you know, two birds with one stone there. Mm-hmm. Um but if you're going one at a time, and especially if one of those players hogs the spotlight yeah. and wants to do a lot, it can be, you know, and, and if, if you don't rein that in, it can be 45 minutes of just focusing on one player while everybody else at the table listens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that kind of leads me to, to, to part number two, which is some players can be very involved with their downtime. Yes. It can, it can almost be its own game. Um, Especially, like, when... I think, like, D&D gets bad about this because it's so tactical. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that, like, you have, you know, 50 feet of rope and a 10-foot pole and a cup and a mirror and three mm-hmm. sticks of chalk and exactly mm-hmm. 10 candles. And yep. it, like So you'll get people who want to play the game like that who will go through every last one of those things um, during a shopping downtime. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dude, just just write a list and just hand it to me and I'll go... Okay, looks good, and hand it back to you. And you can just add all that stuff on there. I don't even – just deduct the coin. I trust you, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't need to do math together at the table. Right, you know? right. One of the um, – uh, one of my, my, my biggest, like, downtime sins that I've ever seen mm-hmm. uh, was very early, very, very, very early in campaign uh, – of uh, Critical Role's life. Okay. Uh, campaign one, like, it was in the first ten episodes or something like that. Um, there used to be an eighth member of Critical Role, Orion Akaba. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, you know, the, the the member that you do not mention. Okay. Um, it was very clear he didn't fit with the with the group, especially moving forward for what they were trying to do. Right. Um, he didn't have a lot of chemistry with people at the table. There's a lot of awkward moments when he would say things, and people were like, uh, "I don't know if that's great." Right. Um, and so he he left the he left the game after about like twenty episodes or something like that. Okay. Um, and, uh, but there was one time where Matt was doing downtime with people and going around the table. What would you like to do? Well, I just want to talk to this person. Okay. Here's a brief NPC interaction. Cool. Is there anything else you want to do? Uh, I'm going to pick up this, this, and this from the store on the way back. Okay, cool. You're done. Mm-hmm. Next person, another regular downtime, another regular downtime gets around to Orion and Orion takes like 40 minutes and he's like, all right. I'm going to go around to every store and I'm going to buy all the mirrors that they have. Okay. You're going to what? Okay. And then I'm going to go back to our place and I'm going to construct this elaborate thing that has all these mirrors on it. And it like starts basically step by step describing how he's going to make the Archimedes death ray out of all these mirrors. Okay. Yeah. And like that was the exact reaction that matthew mercer had where he was just like why are we spending time on this yeah what are you getting at orion what are you trying to do yeah can we just get can we just make a couple rolls and be yeah because normally you would say i'm tinkering and building the archimedes death ray you know uh laser what do i need to build this right right Exactly, mm-hmm. and and that's that's kind of what I'm trying to get is get at is it, it's downtime. One of the biggest downtime complications is going to be when you ask a player what they do, what they're doing during downtime, and they tell you. Oh, it's it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So let, let's let's start with the things that do have structure. D and D has immense structure. Actually, I think that uh, a, a quick solution to even the thing that was just discussed was that. D&D 
sets itself as down as short as is is a long rest is a very specific thing, and then if there's time between adventures, fifth edition lists out what those things are, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like in detail and what the roles are. So to be like, well, I'm going to shop and then I'm going to build this thing. You can literally just go in the manual and go, oh, you're building something. Yep. Oh, that's going to take you X, and here's the challenge rating, and you're going to spend X, you know, Y on it, and blah. And it's done. The, the whole interaction's done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can make D&D very cut and dry. Yeah, it's nice and simplified. Um, If you're looking for it, it's Chapter 6 of the Dungeon Master's Guide. It's called Between Adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a whole section in there, and it even calls it Downtime Activities. Yep. Um, So starting right there, read over it. Um, there's some really great stuff in there, actually. Uh, there's some about, good like, ideas. Trying to sell your magic items, create mm. your own magic items. Yep, yep. Um, and uh, even just things like carousing, um, spreading rumors, things yeah. like that are all in there. Uh, I think it's great. I mean, the other thing that they, they flat out have in there is also, like, you're recuperating. Yeah. You can you can save yourself from having problems with poisons or researching or training. And and getting proficiency in something. Yes. I think all those are great ideas, but they're very, it's very mechanically oriented. And I think that uh, you can always lean back on that mechanical edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you feel that your players are overstepping and moving away from the role playing and trying to get back to the mechanics of the system and defeating yeah. the mechanics of the system by using the downtime. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's probably the biggest thing is, is trying to defeat the mechanics by just saying, oh, I do this. You know, I'm going to give it to you piece by piece so that in the end you'll look at me and go, that was clever. Mm-hmm. Who, are, who's running this game? <laughs> like, right. no, like no. what what world t- are we t- in here? Tell me what you're trying to do and I'll tell you how we're going to get there and how long it's going to take. Stop right. Trying to, stop trying to trick me into giving you an Archimedes death ray. Right. Which is never going to leave the room that you're in, by yeah, the right, way, ever. Right. So um, I think the other thing is, is that as you step away from D&D, things start to get a little, I don't know. I'm not going to say looser. I think the, 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 they broaden. The horizons broaden greatly. Yeah, I, I feel like um, as, as good as D&D's downtime section was in the Dungeon Master's Guide, that um, by tucking it off in the Dungeon Master's Guide in, in Chapter 6, it's kind of, uh, it's it's very, like, you know, second page news. It's very, uh, um, what, what am I looking for here? It, uh, it's It's very clear that it's meant to be an optional rule, you know? Um, and not something that's the part of the normal gameplay loop. Uh, whereas I think other games that, that we looked at, uh, we, we looked at a few, but we had like Savage Worlds. Yeah, Savage Worlds is a great one because it has interludes. Uh, interludes are, yeah, part of part of the core book. I think they're great. I think that's that's it's great. Um, it's basically just a mechanic where uh, you draw cards from a deck. Mm-hmm. Those act as story prompts for mm-hmm. you, and you tell in-character stories. Mm-hmm. Um, whether those are done in character to the rest of the group so mm-hmm. that they can all learn this about you in character, or if you're just telling a story about your character to the other players at the table. Meta style. Meta style as sort of a meanwhile scene that mm-hmm. no, none of the characters get to witness, but the players at least learn something about that character. Yeah. One of the neat ones that I saw about um, an interlude that uh, a player wanted to spend uh, instead of gaining a Benny during downtime, they, they, I can't remember what they were doing, but basically they said, I would like to spend a Benny uh, as a player mm-hmm. to gain story insight. And they, the, the DM was like, okay. Yeah, what do you, what that's you? fair. And it was like, okay, so I want to, I want to have a, like what I like to do, the movie scenes with the villain, mm-hmm. like something that exposes them, but not in such a way that it completely destroys the plot. Sure. You know, and they were kind of off put by that. Like, I, I don't even know what i would do and so they were asking about it on reddit and i like of course chimed in i'm like it's a movie scene it's that scene where you see this you know a a whole bunch of you know people waiting to be tortured and then the cell door opens and you have a character that the npc that they are aware of being taken by a jailer and put before someone in the shadows who's going to get them to talk Mm -hmm. and then you see the cane come out of the corner and they recognize the cane and then the you know and then the screams and you're like Oh, yeah. Oh, he means business. Like, mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing because it, it, it lets your players know the villain they're dealing with. Because mm-hmm. the next time they see that villain, it's at a dinner party and he's very casual and very happy and gr- grateful to see them that they're he's helping, you know, that they're helping him out. And they're all like, yeah, that's that's wonderful. I mean, the players are like, this guy's evil, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and it, it but it puts it in perspective. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I think some some people would look at that and be like, oh, well, I don't want to spoil the big reveal, but. Honestly, like, I think that actually adds a great little dimension. You know, I think there's, 
there's there's way too much you know uh cloak and dagger that goes on between the 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 storyteller and the players you know uh keeping that dm screen between the two of you to hide hide everything no show them yeah show them you know um Honestly, like, and this is one of the reasons why, like, the, the one of the hills I will die on is mm-hmm. that Silent Hill was a much better game than Resident Evil because it exposed. Because you have a you have a radio that just starts wailing out white noise every single time an enemy is within fifty meters of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, but how do you how do you get jump scares? You don't. Mm-mm. In fact, we're going to telegraph everything because there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Watch, here he comes. Yep, the whole time. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I I like that. It's also the uh, you know the glowing. Uh, blade in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you know yeah. it's it's those types of stories that give you those moments of, uh, you know, or, or Alien, the 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 heart, the monitor. Yeah, you know, it's it. They're in the ceiling. They're in the room. Yep. You know, sometimes knowing is more horrifying than your big reveal will ever be. Yep. But I mean, to get back to the interludes, I think it's uh, I think it's great that there is some assistance in it and by the way of the cards to give the players a, like a, a little leg up of like oh well, i don't know what i would talk about well here is your yeah here's your opening or not necessarily even opening but here's the the, the framework the mm-hmm. theme of what you're going to you know that you could pick from and i think it's three that you get to pick from right uh well it's not even it, technically you didn't get to pick right um, i did that because it was our very first interlude oh okay. and i wanted to open the floor up to you guys to to be a little more imaginative because it was yeah. a it was a travel scene yeah um but technically like they're they're even more than like is is this a travel scene well then this is what you're going to talk about ah okay is this a you know a camping scene well this is what you're going to talk about or whatever but there's yeah there's a couple ways of breaking it down in there where it, it gives you a very specific topic i was just opening it up mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. um no. But on top of on top of that, though, um, there's a lot of stuff uh, because because Savage Worlds is is more of a generic system, yeah. Um, and so it's it's uh, it's designed to be a little more modular mm-hmm. um, and have a lot of like little add-ons and stuff like that. A lot of those add-ons are up on Drive Through RPG, mm-hmm. um, labeled under Swag, and that's right. Savage Worlds Adventures Guild, right? Uh, and one of the swag things uh, up there is called Intermissions, Downtime, and Projects. And it is a whole downtime system for managing uh, pretty much all of your most common downtime activities like we talked about where either carousing or spreading rumors or investigating something. Yeah. Um, but they even have stuff in there like uh, trying to use therapy, either physical or emotional, yeah. to buy off hindrances. Yeah, I liked that because, you know... We had we, we talked about stress in and that was one of the things that was in um uh oh god, you gotta help me here. The spacefaring game. Traveler. Traveler had stress in it. Yeah. And uh that was one of the things during downtime that you could actually take care of was stress specifically. You could go get help. Um and also I think um the uh Lovecraftian games with uh the same type of thing. You could you might need to go get assistance like mm-hmm. therapy in those games so having that i think i think is good it, it shows i mean it may be a little too realistic at times um but i don't think it's i mean i think that's up to the story and the depth that you're going to go in with your players just as much as i don't think it would be a bad idea for your players to go can i go get a massage mm-hmm. like i'm a fighter i've been fighting for three weeks straight yeah it's like a spa yeah you know something like herbal or something you know absolutely you know uh, actually Knox in the box is just asking um uh, do horror games do downtime surely you'd not want to kill the tension with moments of sanctuary uh and actually i would say you you kind of do no you really do you because really do. well for, first off it's it's kind of that whole like you know can you have light but for shadow can you have shadow mm-hmm. but for light if you don't have a moment to stop and have safety and have sanctuary mm-hmm. then the horror loses its edge well, it's. I think the other aspect of it too is depending on the type of horror that you're dealing with. Sometimes you d- you haven't developed bonds between the players, and having that moment of pause lets them a- address those bonds a little more closely. Yeah. Whether they are positive or negative. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, trust or not trust. Um, and lets the players, as beyond the characters, recognize what's really going on because a, a, what's going on in front of a in, in one player's mind for their character may not be, uh as transparent to the other players at the table. And right. that's what this gives us. One of the things that I, I uh, really had a hard time with when I was uh, working with some players was that 
they would role play tight to their chest. Mm-hmm. Their their player their character would be quiet, or their character would would do things that seemed awkward, and they would believe they were telegraphing so much out to their players that they just weren't picking up. You know, and it was like you know, four games in, they're like, "Why haven't you asked me about my tick?" And they're like, "You mean the annoying thing you do at the end of every combat?" Yeah. Yeah. Like we just figured it was an annoying thing at the end of every combat. And they're like, "No, I'm role playing." Mm-hmm. Like you haven't said anything or talked to anybody. Why would we ask you about that? So sometimes that downtime, especially during stressful moments, where you may not have liked something that another character did during a previous scene, maybe it felt like they, you know, uh, that uh, they disrespected something that was important to you. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 you know shoved the dog through the door, you know, and closed it behind so that it would slow down the zombies or whatever. And you're like what but you didn't have time to say what mm-hmm. you know so later on when you pause you can be like slapping them and just like you literally killed a dog for what you know and yeah, yeah, they, yeah you know and then you have that moment and that's that gets you back into putting the tension between the players as well to a degree but also like um too you know just, just even talking kind of going back to like the, the therapy thing mm-hmm. you know you may not realize that something's really bothered a character or something like that until like you, you have as a... the storyteller. Well, no, no. I mean, just other players at the table, mm-hmm. you know, or, or hell, even you as the storyteller. Honestly, I was going to say that's sometimes um, the hardest one to find. You know, and and so you could be like, oh yeah, it's just you know, just another day out there adventuring. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then a person's like, yeah, uh, I'm going to go to the temple and uh, I'm going to ask if I can talk to somebody. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Someone's like, oh yes, my child, come in, mm-hmm. uh, please. How how can the temple assist you? He's like, I I put fifty gold in his hand and I say, I really need to talk to somebody. Something horrible's happened. And you're like, okay. Obviously, he thanks you for the donation. You're, you're, and he, you are wondering where is this going. And he's mm-hmm. like, I saw the most horrible thing, you know. And I failed this, 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 you know, Constitution saving throw, and it, I felt my life pass before my eyes, and yeah. it's been giving me nightmares every night. And you're like, oh wow, this is great role play right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yep. And it's such a blessing when your characters do that. Mm-hmm. And it would never happen. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have these moments of downtime, if you just yep. keep going from one adventure to the next to the next to the next, mm-hmm. you don't have this great reveal of this character going like, I have been haunted in my dreams for weeks now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's the thing. And I, I think that downtime, this stepping in with, especially with uh, Savage World, that downtime gives you that, that edge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other one, which I think is, is even bigger about it, is the fact that Mouse Guard has it as a full section of the game. It's like half of the game. Yeah. Well, you I have, say half, but it's... It's, it's, it's mean, half it's, of the storytelling. Yeah. Half of the storytelling is the storyteller telling, and the other half is the player's turn. It's literally listed as the player's the turn. The player's turn, yeah. And it is required. Now, some storytellers who are to, who do Mouse Guard literally do multiple stories, where it's one... Where just, you know, GM's turn, player's turn, GM's turn, mm-hmm, you know, and it mm-hmm. goes back and forth a few times during a session. Our game, we typically only do a GM turn, then a player turn. Correct, correct. And, I mean, that's that's up to you how you mm-hmm. handle that. Sure, sure. But the sheer amount of of uh, offerings that they give you as examples mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, and I think we'll they're really good. Um, list a few just to be just be kind of very very quick here. We're not going to go over them. I would uh, say pick the ones you like them that you think are unique. Uh, play a belief, play an instinct. Explain the difference between those if you uh, remember. So a, a belief is something that you um, have thought a lot about, and it's a belief that you have adopted. Uh, like one of my characters' beliefs is, I, I believe it's uh, never act in haste. I think, mm-hmm. or is it, is it never act in haste, or is it? Uh, society only functions because of rules and structure. I think that is your belief. belief. Yes, society only functions because of rules and structure. My character is very dogmatic, very by the book, um, and very uh, uh, set in the way that the rules say things should be. Right. Um, and uh, whereas an instinct is like never act in haste. Right. And so it's like when the chips are down, when things are happening, you're going to lean on your instinct. When you have time to think about it, you're going to lean on your on your beliefs. But they can really change a lot about how your character interacts with society, you know. Um, complete a goal, follow a lead. Uh, if you've got, uh, if you you picked up a clue somehow, um, you can follow a lead during your player turn to get more information on it. Uh, repair a problem. Yeah. That, that also doesn't, it says repair, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that problem is physical in nature. Correct, which you I know. do love. I mean, it could literally be a problem between you and someone else. 
or you in and a situation mm-hmm. that you've you've garnered. Uh, craft a masterpiece is the thing that we often think of, um, but teach a fellow so you can teach yeah. someone else something. Um, make a friend or court a special someone mm-hmm. and establish a family. Um, recruit at a festival because festivals are important. You know, because again, you're you're a guard, but you're guarding a society. Like that's an important thing. Um, or even uh, find a gift for those who've helped. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The the there it's an interesting takeaway because it 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 drifts you further into the mouse guard system mm-hmm. and explains all of the facets that this is more about life than it is about adventuring. Like that's the part of the the story that you're really showing is that the reason why you are a guard is because of all of this. Yeah, yeah, it's and a, it's it's about the. I'll say human connection, but it's a mouse connection, you know. Yeah, it's the it's, it's the interpersonal connection. Connection's is what we're correct, for, yes. and I, I think that makes it better in many ways. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. But all of these things are things that could incorporate in any story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's that's a very comprehensive of, list of downtimes. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think the only other one that I, I really would want to throw on this list is what Dungeon World does with bonds, and they start the game that way. Um, in that you're. Uh, when you're making your character and you pick your class or role, um, within that you have these effectively bonds uh, that are that are fill in the blank. Like I owe someone something. Mm-hmm. You know, I distrust this person. You know, I believe this person. You know, uh, is a dear friend because you know, kind of thing like that. Yes. So that you've you've got established bonds with these people. And at the end of every section of story, you evaluate your bonds. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're resolved. Sometimes they change. And you work with the other players like, do you think this is resolved? Sure, sure. You know, kind of a thing. Or And, and, and along with that, there, there might be, you know, moments where you're like, actually, you know, since, since, we're, since we're in a town right now, I'm going to take Throgdor aside. Mm-hmm. And I'm going ta- to say, you know what, buddy? I'm going to buy you a drink. Mm-hmm. And we're going to bury the hatchet about this whole, this whole thing once mm-hmm. and for all. And we have a moment where we sit, we drink, we, we, we laugh, we carouse together, and we come out a little tipsy at the end of the night with our arms around each other, singing an old battle song. Exactly. And we've both resolved the mistrust yep. bond. Yep, yep, yep. And, uh, or, or you, you buy something, you replace something. Like, mm-hmm. the bard literally has his loot destroyed or lost. And three adventures later, you've got the money, and you've you've worked with the you know the the town's craftsmen to make a new loot, and you deliver it. It was destroyed by a crack sniper. Yeah, it's a looter shooter. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna turn off my mic and walk now. <laughs> no, oh, um, as if you could walk right if now. I, if I could, man, I'm so tired. I'm even at home. <laughs> I can't even. I don't even start to tell you to get out. <laughs> I feel so sorry for you. It's all right. We'll get through this. Uh, but that's that's. I think what we're trying to point out here is that all of these things are not system centric. Mm-hmm. There are things that you can I'll flat out say steal and oh, yeah. and, and patch yeah, into other stories. There's no reason why you can't have bonds in D&D. There's no reason why you can't, you know, have your have a player turn, literally a call it a player turn mm-hmm. in Savage World, which technically you do, but let's uh uh in Vampire the Masquerade. Sure. You could sure. very easily have a player turn. Absolutely. And present all kinds of ideas, and I think that's one of the key things about all these systems that have done it really well, is that they literally present those ideas as here are options for you mm-hmm. as the player to try and become part of the narrative, to join in the storytelling. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, so there's a couple other things you can do with downtime, too. Yeah. Um, mechanically, I would say more than anything else. Uh, one of the things that I've experienced in the past is actually a downtime-based advancement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so basically what that is, is when um, some storytellers may want to link character advancement with their downtime. Right. Uh, so in systems where you spend your XP, um, uh, in like a point buy system, mm-hmm. uh, World of Darkness does this. Uh, I believe Fate does this. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I might be wrong about that one. Uh, Cypher does this. Cypher definitely does um, it. Where your XP becomes a currency to improve your character with. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, 7C Cyber- does this. Yes. Yeah, 7C uh, definitely does. 7C is a um, point Cyberpunk system. as well. Yes. It's a point system. Um, so in that, uh, your storyteller may uh, wish to um, make that a downtime activity, essentially. Mm-hmm. So uh, this kind of represents the um, 
the fact that like you have the time to kind of rest and reflect on what you've learned, maybe train and hone that skill so it's not just a collection of reflexes, but rather more of a, a honed skill that you've mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you've learned how to use and such like that. Um, some do, some don't. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's an option. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen it used to good effect. Uh, I used to actually uh, go to a vampire live action role play, a LARP, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was exactly how they did theirs. Mm-hmm. Was you'd have to essentially email the storyteller and just tell them what you wanted to do for downtime and any of your points spent mm-hmm. uh, between the between the weekly games. Yeah, uh, to a degree, uh, the LARP that uh, we both played had that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in the Dropbox, you'd always say what was yes. going on. So yes, yep, same thing. Uh, and also. Um, Systems that use like advancement uh, during downtime. So Swade just uses advances. Right. D and D. If you're using the milestone leveling yep. and you're not using experience points, this is also another thing yep. you'll you'll do. Um, may also be delayed until you have a downtime like this. Right. Where you, where you have the time to really reflect on the changes. Yes. Yep. Not that they list that out very well, but yes. <laughs> no, they, they don't. But you know, it's 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 an option mm-hmm. um, that, that some storytellers like to like to exercise, and yeah. I think I kind of like it. Uh, no, I, I do. usually I usually do mine at the end of major story beats, mm-hmm. but usually those are accompanied with downtime because like you beat the big bad evil guy, you go home, mm-hmm. you get a week off, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, one of the ones that got me was a guy. Uh, I was reading a- about advancements, particularly in downtime, and in one of his games, he was deliberately playing with XP per encounter uh-huh. like players were gaining xp like classic D, which sure, not a lot sure. of people do you know they usually do it at the end of the adventure but he was literally doing it everything and loot was important and he made loot important encumbrance important things mm-hmm. like that uh when the first player died like actually death blowed out mm-hmm. uh he played a sound effect okay and then the player rematerialized and stood up in the story and they were like, what just happened? And they slowly discovered that the plot was not what they thought it was. It, they were in a video game. Okay. And he was using D&D rules. Oh, jeez. And I thought it was clever, because that's... then they had to start figuring out how to break the game. That's clever. Yeah. That's clever. I don't yeah. know how I'd feel about it if it happened. Well, and the thing was, is that they, they realized they had no downtime. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd go to the inn... They'd all check, they'd all pay for their rooms, and then it would be the next morning. They're like, "Do you remember dreaming? Did we? Did, did anybody we sleep? sleep? Like, how long did it take us to eat? You know, and things like nope, that." Because it faded to black and went. Exactly. Yep. Next day. Yeah. Exactly. And yep. it, that's they eventually started catching all the things that he, the chip yeah. things he was doing. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. See if they were playing. Yeah, if they were playing Secret of Mana, they'd actually go to bed and sleep the night. Now right. that's. Anyways, neither here nor there. Yep. Um. The, the only the other the other last point about having downtime advancement is um it can it can smooth out little inconsistencies in the story. Yeah. Um. Because especially like in D and D, if you're playing like an artificer, um, artificer, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Uh. Sometimes your abilities are tied into gadgets. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you level up in the middle of a dungeon, suddenly you have this gadget. Yep. Oh. Okay, where, where the hell did that come from? You exactly. Know? Well, if you have downtime, you can then say, okay, while you're doing this downtime, you also tinker together this thing, and now you can use the ability, you know? Um, it just smooths those little things out. It's not always always a problem, but... Right. Uh, all right, so we talked a lot about the mechanics mm-hmm. of downtime. Yes. How? What about the, what about the narrative impact of downtime? Okay. Um, I think... Okay. So realistically we're talking about time effectively yes. that's that's really it because it's not challenges per se we're mm-hmm. we're now handing it to the player to say okay time is passing mm-hmm. and we're letting we're giving them control of that time and giving them a piece of it uh to be able to do it so that we're not rushing and making everything so urgent and on the move we're actually giving space um that allows that that moment where you can say okay like i was level one and now i'm level 10 how long did that really take me? And a lot of times players will say like, oh, that was less than a year of in-game time. I became a god, you know? Yeah. 
not to say 10 levels is a goddamn, but it's pretty darn close. It is. It is. You I, know. I think I think somebody did the math and it's like if, if you if you actually go by D&D's quote unquote adventuring day with the suggested right. number of encounters and suggested amount of XP per mm-hmm. encounter, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like something like a little over two months to go from level one to level 20. Yeah. If you're a full time adventurer. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. So this kind of pushes that envelope to say that's unrealistic. You're not going to go from zero to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You know, you're never going to be zero to Hawkeye instantaneously. Mm-hmm. You know, there there has to be a curve to it. And this kind of gives you time to have that curve become a reality. That each, that beyond just doing advancement in increments, you're also stretching out time between events. So it may not take them, they may not just stay at the end overnight. They may stay there a couple of days. Yeah. And that's okay for the story. Oh, they may stay there a week. They may stay, stay there, there a month. month. They yeah. may stay there longer. I mean, uh, yeah. even especially like in, in uh, like I was reading the DM's guide about their downtime stuff for D&D. Mm-hmm. And they, they even suggested like, yeah, sometimes it could be months, if not years between adventures. That's downtime. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, between between adventure hooks. It's just all that's it's there. Um, personally, uh, uh I, I like it because not all adventuring is reactive to your big bad evil guy. Yes. Like it's not always waiting around for, for the next big thing that, you know, the, the, the bad guy's planning so you can react to it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your PCs are gonna be like, Okay, uh I mean we've got nothing going on right now. Let's just take a couple weeks off. Let's you know, you get your new set of armor and get that polished off, you brew some potions, you go back to the temple, you know, pick up some supplies and things like that. We'll just take a week to relax. I'm gonna go see my wife and kid, etc. And then I've got this mysterious beacon hmm. that I picked up. You guys wanna go back out adventuring? Yeah, sure. I don't need like two, three more days, but yeah, we can go do that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there are great examples of this in movies. James Bond movies are some of the best ones for time passing. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd have an adventure. His car goes off the edge of a cliff, you know, and, you know, you can tell that he's not dead from it. And then the next scene is him in Honolulu, you know, getting a martini, you know, and, and being, you know, checked in on. And he's like, I've finally made my way into, you know, the enclave. I'll be checking in, you know, at this party. And you're like... How, what happened, like, how did you get from Spain to Honolulu? And the answer is, some time has passed. (laughs) That's okay. Practice. (laughs) Yes, exactly, exactly. And I think that's, that's telling that we, we don't necessarily do that enough in storytelling because a tabletop game has been taught to us that games, you know, time passes in six second intervals. Yeah. And we need to kind of slow that down when it's not. Yeah, it's 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 almost weird if you come from that sort of tactical environment where everything's very turn-based. And so that just go be like, oh, yeah, okay, it's been a month and a half. Yeah. Just like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a month and a half. Yep. What happened? I don't know. You tell me. Let's let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, and I think that's that's one of the other big things that I that I really like is is just flat out the passage of time, especially just mm-hmm. in little in little things like the season changing. Oh, Mouse Guard's huge on that. Yeah. Like, winter happens. Well, but, but that's... I almost don't want to talk, talk about Mouse Guard. Why? Because it's a mechanical thing in Mouse Guard. Fair Season enough. is a mechanical thing. I'm literally just talking aesthetically. That's true. Okay. So, like, for instance, take my, take my game. Okay, we have a Nord. Mm-hmm. Nords come from the frozen north. Mm-hmm. Literally immigrated from someplace further north than Skyrim called Atmora. Yes. Even more frozen than yes, that. Yes, yes. So, like, Skyrim is, like, balmy for them. And it snows nine out of the 12 Skyrim's months of the year. Skyrim's their you know? Florida. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Skyrim is Florida to them. And it snows nine out of the 12 months of the year there, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, in the southern, in more, like, southern Cyrodiil, it's summertime. And so, this particular character is just constantly role-playing that they are hot and they're miserable <laughs> they are just sweating they constantly want to get in for, into the shade they want to cool off with a nice tall mead mm-hmm. and it's great i love mm-hmm. the role play you know yeah and that same role play is going to come out when suddenly we have downtime huh. and months go by and now suddenly it's a brisk fall going into winter yes you know and Instead of describing the the sunny summer weather, I'm now describing like the wet snow crunching beneath your feet, and it changes the whole mood of the story, just by changing the aesthetics and changing the time of the time of year that it's taking place in. You know, yeah, 
Mechanics are not. No. Um, and the last thing too, uh, judging with the with the passage of time, is that uh, it's it's really great for like between adventures. Yeah. Um, you've, you're going to have, uh, things that are changing around you. Mm-hmm. So for instance, that same Nord. Yep. Comes home from his adventures, gives all of his riches to an orphanage. Sure. I don't know why. He just always has. Mm-hmm. What if between adventures, he comes back and finds out that orphanage has been able to add an, uh, an extra wing mm-hmm. or they've upgraded their kitchen or something like that. Thanks yeah. to his kind donation, they've named you know? something after him. Yeah. They've named something after him or something like that. And they mm-hmm. want to invite him over to, you know, to, to commemorate it, mm-hmm. to thank him for his contributions. Mm-hmm. The kids are all there happy to see him. You know, mm-hmm. they know his name. They've seen his picture on the wall. Exactly. You know? Um, or maybe, you know, again, like if, if you've been foreshadowing like a trade war between a couple powerful merchant guilds, maybe during your downtime you'd be like okay you know over the course of these next couple months you guys notice the price of certain goods going up in value because these trade this trade war really blows up mm-hmm. you know it's not necessarily that you're involved in it but it's something that happens yeah. makes the world feel more alive and makes it feel like the world is changing around you during this downtime well it's also the fact that in the world changing that also means that NPCs are changing things as well. Yeah, absolutely. it gives you the opportunity to shift other things forward. Yeah, um, and do do some expression in that same regard. Is that like, yeah, the players were here and doing this, but at the same time, they're hearing about all the things that are going on in the rest of the world mm-hmm. that they're not involved with. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, and that's like kind of coming down to the NPCs too, mm-hmm. um, where they kind of intersect with downtime. Is uh, you know, we talked a lot about um, in previous episodes. Uh, about writing good, lifelike NPCs. Yeah. And how for your NPCs, you should always have a goal in mind. Mm-hmm. And if you don't ever know what to do with them in a scene, they're always going to try to advance their own goal. Right. You know? And that goal may be just something like, go home and see my wife. Yeah. You know? Uh, if if you're not directly engaging them, they will try to go home and see their wife because that's just their homebody. You know? Maybe it's blow up the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever this guy's got going on. Um. But in that, your NPCs might have downtime, too. Mm-hmm. If you do have a month and a half as a storyteller, you might want to go over your, your key NPCs, especially your big bad evil guy, and go like, okay, well, what are they accomplishing in this time? Mm-hmm. Did they Were they able to recoup some of the minions that the heroes killed? Yeah. Were they, uh, are, they, are they finding a lead on where the next magical artifact is? Mm-hmm. Um, are they enacting a hostile takeover of a rival corporation are they laying low are, are they just laying low you know, yeah. did they did they go to the dark side of the moon and make a moon base and they're now being quiet there until everything comes to turn mm-hmm. you know you know and now like no, no leads nobody's heard anything and then one agent slips on their side and suddenly there's a tiny trail leading yeah you know and that's what the players were waiting on is mm-hmm. you know it, it took months and then suddenly there was just one little thing. Uh, they caught a blip at an old base, a power signature. Yeah. And they're, they're going to go check it out yep. and see what's going on there. Downtime's another one of those great places to do, like, research and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And give, like, literally just hand your players plot hooks all over the place. Um, I think it's, it's a great thing just to empower them with, with a ton of information. Yeah. Yeah. I and, and, and it, but again, it makes sure that in that, uh, in that you're you're handing off the things that were extra mm-hmm. so that your players feel like they're getting a little bit more but it's not it's nothing that they that wouldn't have directed them there in the first place yeah, yeah it's yeah. the side pieces of like now and now instead of knowing that there was that the guy is held up in this you know corporate tower that you were pretty sure was in a major city you now know the major city you know it's just a matter of figuring out how to get in there but in your research you've also discovered that there are a couple guards who weren't very happy. Mm-hmm. And there's also some maintenance being done in the sewer system not far from it. Yeah, sure. You know, and so now they've got two additions to their to their uh, wheelhouse of how they might handle the situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a great, great downtime activity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Savage Worlds has uh, networking. 
Yes. Uh, that they do, and it's like literally just a persuasion check or an intimidation check. They call it the nice way or the not so nice way. Yep. Good cop, um, bad cop. I always like that. And uh, uh, I mean, it, it can you can also like incur exa- level of exhaustion uh, mm-hmm. for bumps and bruises mm-hmm. uh, if if you do the the not so nice way and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the nice way, if you fail, you can like lower your wealth by a little bit because hmm. you've spent a bunch of simoleons, not got much out of it. You gotcha. know, try to try to gotcha. grease some grease some palms and spread some cheer. Yeah. Um, yeah. My my always thing is that maybe you did succeed, but now you have a tag along because they like you and they think you like them. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, so you a got a bit of a tail. Yeah. So yeah, I, there's all kinds of fun things you can do with those kind of situations that make it. That that add flavor to the story or mm-hmm. add a complication to the player themselves. Yeah, yeah. So and it's 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 weird though because like uh, I think all all in all like I think downtime is actually one of my one of my favorite things mm-hmm. because I mean dead honest probably the downtime was the best part of last game. Yeah, uh, for for me at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I opened up the I, we did the interlude. Everybody loved the interlude. Mm-hmm. No, it was fantastic. Um, and then there were just some moments where like you guys were hanging out in a tavern. Yeah. Um, and you were having a conversation with an NPC trying to get some information. Yeah. Uh, another, uh, the, the, the Nord was trying to get drunk and then, uh, uh, was having some wizard like zap him with lightning. Cause he's oh, like, I'm invincible. invincible. Yeah. I'm invincible. Go ahead. Hit me. You can't kill me. And he's like, okay. Yep. <laughs> no, though, uh, what's interesting is my story is probably going to end up starting with that because of how we ended last game. Uh, yeah, you're, we're, we're going to, we're going to pick up, um, uh, as you guys are, are breaking camp out in the wilderness. No, I meant my game, my D&D game. Oh, your game. Yeah, because you guys just finished a super fight. You got a bunch of people there, and you're all heading back to First Fort. That's true. You've got time. So I've got to open it with an, a bit of an interlude. No, we're going we're gonna to kick down some doors, I think. <laughs> You'll get kick, to that. We're, we're going to kick down some doors. There's some people who have some answers to give us yep. about what just just what the hell they were doing. Well... I think I think that's going to be telling in its own way, uh, definitely. But yeah, I and I, I guess what uh, what I'll say to the takeaway on this uh, this show is, uh, don't be afraid to to give your players uh, a space, and then, but be prepared that some of your players may not be ready to be put on the spot, and you might have to hand them a list of things that they could reference sure sure and there's lots of it out there and and conversely sometimes if you hand the players an inch they will try to take a mile be it's one thing to hand it to them but keep in mind you're still the storyteller you, you still can still got reins on the story you, you can, can still, still set the back. yeah you can always set the rules and say okay guys you know if you're gonna try and do something that is beneficial you know uh and 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 crafty this is this is how i'm handling craft and stuff so tell me what you're crafting yep you know, you yep. don't get to craft components of the rifle and then later on tell me you're putting it all together. And, and now so, it's a rifle. Hi, I have a rifle. I snuck it past you. No, that's 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 not, not what we're doing how here. It works. That's not how you, you have pieces of a rifle. You have no idea how to put it together. Mm-hmm. So do you, you want to spend some downtime trying to figure that out? Guess what? You're not a rifle mechanic. You have no idea how to do gunsmithing. <laughs> you know. All right. So what I'm going to say at this point uh, is uh, we're 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 li- typically a little under time. I think we are just a little under time right um, now. So but... unless we've got any uh, questions from the live chat, I know you are feeling like junk, and our last episode went like super over long. Yeah, I um, can I can make an adjustment in our time over here. But uh, next week's topic. Next week's topic. Yeah, we are talking about multi-genre settings and games. So. This is the this is the one that kind of is confusing in a way because a lot what's of multi genre yeah what's multi genre you know? so like multi genre the first thing that comes into my mind frame mm-hmm. is something like Star Wars is multi genre because it is both fantasy with yep. space wizards and swords correct and princesses correct being locked in castles by evil wizards yep one hundred percent with spaceships with with complete sci fi yes but it's spaceship and robots it's fantasy sci-fi mm-hmm. until you don't want it to be fantasy sci-fi yep. anymore um my two big ones that i think of are firefly okay space yeah. western space western 100 uh, and deadlands okay uh which is a uh, another savage world setting um, yeah which yeah. is uh zombies and zombies and cowboys yeah i mean uh, right straight about you've also got uh warhammer 40k is is in the uh it, because you've got fantasy elements 40k you've... i do uh no it's uh, i think it is multi-genre yeah ish <laughs> ish ish 
you've got space aliens okay. running in independent races across the galaxy, and that's and, all sci-fi, and, and, right? Then you have wizards and a god who spans the universe and helps them. You have demons. Uh, gods and demons okay i guess i'll give that to you <laughs> the eye of chaos i <laughs> if, here's the thing if, is if it... you didn't know what 40k was and i said hey we're gonna play this game where you're a paladin and you're going after you're gonna help stop the eye of chaos you'd be like that sounds like a great D game ah it's 40k <laughs> <laughs> see like 40 40k is always a, a weird thing for me because like i i always contextualize the chaos demons not not as much as like uh, from a theological standpoint of like being demons that you know uh, that are that are magical, but more just like extra dimensional aliens, which are still sci-fi to me, you know. Um, but I, you know, like, I guess, I guess, I guess you could you could twist my arm on that being multi-genre. You could twist my arm on that. But anyways, that is a discussion for next week. Well, I, I I'm I'm gonna digress on one thing. I gave myself a minute here, so I'd have it. Sure, sure. But then we got something like Palladium. Riffs. Okay. Rifts covers. Oh, Rifts is absolutely multi-genre, right? And that's the that's when you start stepping into those multi-dimensional games where, where all the dimensions GURPS, bleed together, and you just got you've got yeah. all those kinds of things. So we're we're gonna kind of talk a little bit about those and where they fit into systems and how they're really not as different as we think they are. They're more about showing off settings. It's a rule set and really neat settings, and sometimes it does it really well and. Sometimes it fails horrifically. Yes. Yes, agreed. I will flat out say that I am probably never going to review the Firefly game because the taste in my mouth is horrific <laughs> every time I look at it. But Fair I want to love it. I want to love it. I really, really, really do want to love it. So, All right. Well, we will get on that next week. You can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time on MixLR.com slash Storyteller dash Conclave. And uh, join us about our Discord. Um, it was, you can join us in the uh, in the live chat for, uh, for Patreons. Um, you can find that link to our Discord on our Twitter as well as our website, StorytellerConclave.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon members, especially our name members, Knox in the Box, Sam, the Arcane Asylum, Sparkle Motion Veteran, and Hulu. We really appreciate your efforts every month and helping us keep this show afloat uh, and continue building and working on this content. Our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. You can find that at patreon.com slash arcane anthems. Our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find that at geefrog.bandcamp.com or on Google Music. And our outro music, our only our footprints in the sand by Midair Machine. You can find that at freemusicarchive.org. And a big shout out as always to our families, Vicky and Sean. Thank you so much Thank for you loving so and much. supporting us. All of our friends who sat with us at our tables over the years and given us all these great stories to share with you and you, every single one of our listeners. We love you so much. Love you. Good night. Good night.